Uh, I want to invite uh, Darren and Trish Wayne to come and uh, relax comfortably on the couch, okay? I'm not a psychologist, I'm just saying. Uh, enjoy your time. Welcome them this morning. Um, yeah, just we really, really appreciate your willingness to, to share uh, your, part of your life story and uh, uh, sharing so transparently is, uh, is greatly appreciated. So, uh, church family, I want you just really to open your heart to the story as they share it and how God might work in your own heart in, uh, in these moments that we've set aside today uh, to, uh, to, to hear about real life and real life challenges like we all have, right? Uh, so thank you, thank you again for uh, taking this time. Uh, give us a snapshot, first of all, uh, of uh, your upbringing as, as kids. Uh, grown up, like some of us, in a loving home where our parents were Christ followers or, or not. Just a, a, a brief snapshot there. Okay. Um, for me, I, was, we, I grew up in a small town. And um, we went to a United Church. My mom took us kids, and my dad stayed home. And I never, you weren't taught really spirituality. You were taught who God was, so I knew there was a God. But I remember when I would pray at night, I would, I would pray and I'd say, God, please feed the hungry, heal the sick, and give money to the poor. Love Trish Wyness, Bonacord, Alberta, the one on 47th Street, 5111 47th Street. And I'd give him my address so that he knew Trish, which Trish was praying this pray. So, um, yeah, that's what it used to be like. It was a very, you know, God was God, and I was down here at 47th Street. Um, there was, there was no God. No, no, it was not a, it was not a thing, so. <laughs> and part of your story will be how you guys came to faith in Christ. Uh, what, well, let's go there. What, what, what was it that led both of you to coming to the place of wanting to surrender your lives to Christ? So, I'm going to, I probably will start reading a little bit, and then sometimes sure. I get, I just go off yep, then. Um, but, so we, um, we dated in high school. I was in grade 10, and Darren was in grade 12. And um, I found out when I was 17 that I was pregnant. And I wasn't actually really that unhappy about it. Mm. I was the oldest of four children, and Darren and I were in love, so we were going to get married and have a baby. However, growing up in a small town, um, there's a lot of shame to a pregnancy. Now, this was 36 years ago, so it's um, a teenage pregnancy was very, very frowned upon, and so the I'm not going to get into the circumstances of what changed our mind, but we did decide that we had no choice but to have an abortion. So um, before that decision, um, my aunt, my parents had told my aunt about this, and I was given some very graphic pamphlets to read. No, really no information, but this was, um, it was pamphlets that, and I don't know if there's kids in the room, and I, I 
apologize if there is, but I'm going to, if they were talking about abortion as being murder. So I don't think I read those before the actual procedure, but I did after. Um, I really, I hated myself. And I tell you this about the pamphlets just to show you not only how much I hated myself, but to show you about God's grace. And, and it's infinite and it's powerful when I was going through what I was going through. So the day of the procedure, I remember a nurse had asked me if I knew what I was in there for. And that's the only person out of the doctors that I saw, because back then you had to do it in a hospital. Nobody told me about the possible side effects that could happen. And I'm not talking physical, because there are some, but I'm talking emotional. I'm talking the shame that I might feel, the hatred for myself that I might feel. Um, no one told me about that. But on the way home from the hospital, um, my mom stopped to get something. And I was laying down in the back seat of the car, and I, st I sat up to see where we were. And I saw a very clear vision of Jesus holding a baby wrapped in a yellow blanket. I didn't know then that he would become my savior. But the one thing that I did over and over again every single night was before I went to bed, I read those graphic pamphlets and told myself that I was a murderer and that I was evil and that I didn't deserve anything until I finally told Darren and he made me throw them out. So I was already not a confident person, but now I was broken. I couldn't go out with my friends. I was always getting high or drunk just so I could feel okay. And then I was kicked out when I was 18, probably because I'm getting high and drunk all the time. Um, and we continued in our party life. And I got pregnant again just before getting married. But I didn't have any idea, we didn't have any idea, how this past abortion was going to affect us. So because I'm pregnant, I start having these nightmares. And just because there is kids in the room, I'll just say that they were demonic. And they showed me that I did not deserve to have another child, that I was not going to, I wouldn't have a mom. And if I did have a baby, something was going to happen to that child. So deep down, I always lived with this fact that my kids were not, going to grow up because I, didn't, I wouldn't be a good mom. I also had nightmares about Darren cheating on me and because I couldn't make decisions. I just thought he was always going to be attracted to somebody else. And if you know Darren, he's never said anything like that. He does nothing but build me up like a princess when I don't even deserve it, actually. Let's um, give Darren a big hand there. Yeah. Woo! <laughs> That's awesome. That's yeah. awesome. Yeah. A, a little... Uh, it's not a fun fact, but it is a fact that most couples don't make it through an abortion. So, yeah. yeah. Um, so, just to speed along, Darren and I, we have, we have two children now, but when they were both seven and four, we started traveling in the States because God was beginning a work on me. So, after the abortion, I never, ever told anybody. I didn't talk about it. It was stuffed down. My family didn't talk about it. It was shameful. So, just, you know planted at the bottom. So we drive our caravan, we leave Cochrane, we go to the United States, and the first place that we lived was Connecticut. And I met a lady there that, um, I don't know why, now I know why, but that day I met her and I told her about my abortion. Hmm. 
who does that, right? Like, wow. it's, I don't, didn't tell anybody. So, but the fact was, she was having a missionary speak at her church that night. And so the missionary, she asked me to come. I said I would, and the missionary was speaking on forgiveness. Mm. And so as they were speaking, she was doing this to me. And I was like, no, no, I can't, I can't. And she said, no, you need to. And so I put up my arm, and I received Christ that night. Wow, right on. So, um... I began to grow in Christ. I was full of jealousy and low self-esteem, but God continued on our journey. And so we moved about every three months. So I didn't know in all this shame that God was pursuing me, mm. us. Cool. Sorry. I, I, and we'll share a little bit later, but I, I say a lot of me because at the time, I was the one dealing with this because we didn't, Darren and I didn't talk about it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so there was, when we lived in Georgia, we traveled um, and there was a song sung to a couple that had just lost a baby. And it was a song called Jesus Has a Rocking Chair. And in it was a, a line about a 17-year-old that got pregnant and had an abortion. And I lost it. I did the ugly cry. I ran out of the church. And it seemed like every move we made after that, there was another step in my healing so then fast forward, we're there for, I think, four years we were in the States, and then we come back to Canada, and I'm going to redeem myself. So I had heard a conversation from Nora Kennedy of the Pregnancy Care Center. Some of you might know of her and the center. And I thought, I'm going to, I'm going to work there one day. I'm going to volunteer there. this was there. right in Edmonton, just right to in be Edmonton. clear. Yeah, yeah right? when we came back. Yeah. Um, so I talked to her, but then I found out that in order to help other people, I needed to be healed myself. So I had to go through the abortion recovery program, and this is where I'm going to put a bit of a plug in for the Pregnancy Care Center and the Abortion Recovery Program. Um, it's an eight-week program, and it helps you go through the different stages, like guilt and forgiveness and, and the shame, and then you meet your baby and all these really remarkable things. Wow. So in the program that I did, on the, the week that they took you through the procedure... And back at the beginning, I told you about those pamphlets that I would read. So I was broken that day because it, it brought back to surface all those things that I had gone through. But when you go through those things and you give it over to God, he meets you. And so on the way home, I was by Capilano and um, the Boston Pizza there. And I don't know, you know that song, Jesus Take the Wheel? I, I'm pretty sure he did while God was feeling me. Because I started to shake, and I just was crying. I was wailing as I'm driving, and I'm like, mm. you love me. You really do love me. You love mm. me. Like, it was so, mm. it was so powerful mm. that cool. nobody yeah. can tell me that he doesn't care or forgive us. Yeah, so good. Um, I wanted God to reveal the sex of my baby in this program, um, and he did. Mm. He revealed that... Um, Haley Amber is her name. Amber means precious jewel. And we were able to go through a memorial service. And this wow. was really when Darren wow. um, was kind of brought into the healing part. Can you comment, Darren, on, like, I, I think we often forget about the man in, in, in this journey of, uh, well, of healing. Of a lot of the times you don't, you don't, I don't realize how deep, you know, her trauma is mm. till. You know, you, you see it, yeah. and uh, yeah, the, the, when the, the thing we went through there was with at the at the center. The yeah, that was 
very powerful. <laughs> so you were a part of that program. You, is, do they do it as a, a couple, or uh, or that's an option, or or you're just saying you were kind of journeying with her as she went through the program? I guess I was part of it. Uh, I don't yeah. know. <laughs> just 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 to be part of it was very powerful, and yeah. I don't know. It was just um, brought to brought to, to all my emotions out mm. that I didn't yeah. realize I had. Interesting. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Kind of doing the old stuff it down yeah. thing, yeah. hey, and until exactly. uh, you face it. What guys do. <laughs> well, typically, yeah. Right. Often, I should say. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, you're right. Yeah. Good. We we had an interesting experience to show how it does affect guys because our daughter would be 36 right now, and at the same time when we were growing up, my sister-in-law was pregnant, but she chose to keep her baby. And so this was very, um, it's very traumatic, not traumatic, but it's hard for us at certain events, but this girl was getting married, and him and I were both very quiet on the way to the wedding. And it wasn't until after that we started talking about and realizing that we were both experiencing, that we didn't get to do that with Haley. And it was affecting him just as much as me. And when I started talking to my family, you know, realizing that my parents, they lost a grandchild. My kids lost a sibling. And when I told my kids about it, I remember, so my, my, my son Riley is like 16 when I told him, because I was going to go into ministry about this. And um, I wanted them to hear it from me. And uh, I remember saying, Riley, I need to, I need, you need to sit down. I need to t tell you something. And he goes, pretty sure I know everything, Mom. <laughs> and I'm like, no, you don't. Thought that talk was coming. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And uh, so I told him he had a sister that he didn't know about. And, um, you know, and just to see his face, it was, wow. yeah, it does, it, it's not just about, and I don't want to get on my soapbox here, um, but it's, it, it impacts everybody. Everybody around you. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. And so the the depth that you that you came to learn about of, of God's grace in a choice you made that you know wasn't his desire, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. um, can you can you talk about about that a, li a little more? And the the sometimes maybe would you say the the wrestling at times. Even now, or no? Is that is, is that that's that's long in your rearview mirror of the wrestling with receiving God's, knowing that you've received fully His grace and forgiveness. You know that that difference between between guilt that the Holy Spirit uses to correct us in a positive way, in a loving way, and if it's not loving, it's not from God, and that's where it's shame that the enemy of our souls will use, right, to to keep us down. Can you? I don't, it's not really a question, but is there, is, from your experience, the the wrestling with coming to realize God's grace in all of that, and uh, recognizing the difference between guilt and shame—is that something that you that you came to yeah, know in yeah. a new way? I guess is what I, I'm I asking. I think so. I think you know, like you said, shame is definitely what we put on ourselves. Yeah. Um, guilt is like uh, there's consequences to what we did. There's mm. absolutely mm. consequences. But I know that God has forgiven us and loves us. I know that I know that I know. There's no question in my mind, do I forgive myself? I still struggle with that. 
interesting because, sorry, I, yeah. that that is huge, and and I think a lot of us at different for different reasons, yeah. to varying degrees, you know. But that I I'm sure resonates with with so many that uh, we can recognize and and receive God's forgiveness, but we can't forgive ourselves for some reason. Yeah. We think we have to beat ourselves up, or is that? what you're saying yeah yeah and it's not all the time now mm, it used mm -hmm, to be mm. um it's more when you get beaten down mm. um just things like uh i don't know i, I still have trouble making decisions mm. and mm. it's really you know it gets to us and we we've just recently had a, a house loss mm. and so i feel i'm attacked a little bit more in that decision making mm. our house burnt down mm -hmm. and now i'm I feel like there's a little bit more attack coming into that because yeah. my, and I, and I wouldn't say it's because of the abortion, it's just because of my, my, how I've dealt with thinking that I can't make a decision if, because they're always wrong. Wow. And we've got a lot of decisions to make. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> so. Huh. That's quite a, quite a thing. Causes me pause to, I want to drill down on that a little bit, but, uh. So what, what do you do in, in, if you're feeling immobilized? It's a little sidebar conversation mm -hmm. to, the, to the essence of your story here. But, uh, you, you know, when you're, would you feel paralyzed? And, and what do you do when you know you've got to make a decision? Yeah. Well, he he's makes decisions, no problem. Do you want to speak into that? <laughs> He's having a tough time making the decision whether he wants to grab the mic or not. Yeah, Come on, let's. Yeah, let's yeah. <laughs> this is this is really incredible because when I did work for the pregnancy care center and abortion recovery, I I did give my testimony and I did um, do some public speaking. Yeah. Uh, but D and Darren was always in the back cheering me on, but he has never. You're more comfortable back <laughs> there, right? There. <laughs> so give him so a hand. Come on, <laughs> support the guy. Seriously, awesome, Darren. So. Because, yeah, I mean, it's uh, a life together. Uh, the ups and downs, the challenges, the, the failures, the joys. And, and here you are sharing that I, uh, something that I believe uh, people will be in, inspired by and uh, come, come to the place of realizing I can live in God's grace. Yeah. No matter what the decision is. And some of you, you, can, you may well be able to relate to this 100% because you've, you've walked this path in your past at some point of, of having an abortion. And maybe for you, it's just crushed you. It doesn't have to, mm -mm. does it? Mm -mm. No. No, God, mm. God loves you. If, if you're impacted, one thing I did learn from working at the center is that one in four um, people in the church um, are impacted by abortion, whether it's wow. yourself or a child or a parent or wow. a sister. Or, um, and I remember I was at an abortion recovery booth at Breakforth, and a young lady came up to me. She was probably in her 20s or 30s, and she was crying. And she said, I've had an abortion, and I can't talk about it. Mm -hmm. And I said, oh, are you? I knew she was in a church because of the booth that she was at. And she said, um, I can't, my church is so pro-life that if they find out I've had an abortion, they will outcast me, and I will not be allowed to be a part of the church. So I can't thank you enough for talking about abortion in the church because it needs to be talked about. It needs to be, um, you know, I use some pretty graphic language because that's how I felt. Um, but it is, 
it, you, you got to talk to your church leadership. And I've left Pastor Marlowe some brochures mm -hmm. as well. To, yeah. Um, yeah. And, yeah, and that's a, a sad scenario where someone, in the context of a, of a Christ-following community, yeah. can't be honest about failure or choices that are not God's choices. And, of course, we're, we're all fully pro-life, but the stigma or the connotations in the media that come with that mm -hmm. are outside of what God's heart is many times. And it's not a, a militant, yes, we, 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 we believe God's value, he has put on every life. And that life in the womb is a living thing that God has created. So yeah, fully, fully believe that. Uh, but how we handle failure of whatever kind yeah. matters a lot. One thing that we were doing, if I can share this, um, we were taking a course on pro-grace at the Pregnancy Care Center, and this is what they're practicing, and it is brilliant. Because if you think about pro-choice, what do you think about? Automatically, we think about people standing up with their signs mm -hmm. saying, we love abortion or we agree with abortion. Mm -hmm. And what do you think of when you think of pro-life? You think of, you're a sinner if you have abortion, and we want you to keep your baby at all costs, we want you to do this, but... They don't put themselves into the, the woman, the couple, what they're going through. There's real reasons why they're choosing abortion, and that's why you have to talk to somebody. Because it's not like you just say, get up and say, I'm going to do this. There's conflict inside. And when you're in a crisis, you see straight ahead. You don't see that there's help out there that people could actually help get you through this. So in the pro-grace, we go, okay, where is Jesus on this argument? He's right in the middle of the valley, and he's there to, with the woman, and he's saying, how can I help? What do you need? And that's, the, that's where the church needs to be. It's not saying go out and have premarital sex and do all that. Because sometimes abortion is within a marriage context. Like there is, there's financial situations. There's all kinds of things that um, make people want to, or to have to choose that. Yeah. yeah. And, and for some reason that I don't claim to understand, uh, and maybe you can speak to this, but is there's options. There's, there's people that want to have a baby and can't and would love to adopt that child and, and breathe love into that child's heart, you know, so, uh, and that's all I'm sure a part of the pro-grace, uh, I've, I've not heard that before, that, yeah. that uh, phrase in reference to this discussion, that's yeah, cool. I like to say I'm not pro-life, I'm pro-grace, because mm. the woman is just as important, the man is just as important to God as the baby is, mm. so his choice is to see all thrive. Mm. Cool. Yeah, and you helped couples, ladies, couples as well, uh, do that as you led, you were the executive director, was that the title of the Pregnancy Care Center for, for a few years there? And uh, what, what was that experience like for you? It was probably one of the best work experiences I've ever mm. had. I loved my team. They were Every person that worked there loved these women with all their hearts. We cried together. We prayed together. We, were, we would be talking on the phone. We had a, a young lady that was in an abortion clinic, and we were on the phone with um, somebody that was there with her, you know, praying and um, 
Hmm. Yeah, it was powerful. It cool. was really powerful. I'm, I'm still friends with them. And they're, they're operating, uh, functioning as a ministry now. Absolutely. Still. Yeah. Yep. And so, and that's good for... Uh, for all of us to be aware of, there's there's a there's a grace. Would you say a, a grace saturated ministry to bring support to, to, to a situation like like you you uh, faced years ago, eh? right at our doorstep in Edmonton. That's that's so great, um, and so that might be something that uh, uh, you didn't know. Uh, maybe a family member or or yourself or uh, yeah somebody you know that just needs to needs to get connected with that ministry. And those are the brochures you left with me in my office, right? Okay, so those are there. And um, for any reason, like, just, just don't hesitate. If, if you wanna, uh, I won't ask questions. If you want one of those, as a matter of fact, um, I will put those. Um, Miriam, would you go to my office? You guys see me fairly regularly. I'm on the front row and then I run out, right? It's just bad memory. Oh, I forgot to get this. Oh, I forgot <laughs> to check that. So, uh, this, this is a little different, but uh, just they're on uh, in an envelope on uh, my desk and we can put those out at the back table, hey? Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. People can take them today. Thank you for sharing. And, and your testimony of God's grace in your life is something that any one of us can experience, right? God's Absolutely. grace. 100%. It, it, it's just, it takes just looking God's direction. Mm -hmm. and, and maybe for you, the decision, the choice in your, in your last week or last year or a decade ago or 40 years ago still feels so dark and it doesn't have to where there's genuine repentance which just is a christianese word that i, I think has been misused a lot of time repent you know out of anger that's not god's heart repentance is just turning and going the other direction and turning toward god's heart and grace and forgiveness as a gift no matter what the wrong and sinful and hurtful and harmful choice was no matter when it was. And, and maybe there's a lot of them along the way. Maybe for you, you've never surrendered your life and said, God, I, I want you. I know Jesus came to step into my place on the cross to take my sin and failure upon himself so I wouldn't have to pay the penalty. That's, that's the good news message of the gospel right there. That's awesome. And maybe for you, whether you're here in person or engaging online, you're saying, I've never done that. I, I want to trust Christ as the, the forgiver of my sin and the, and the leader of my life. Why, why, what, would, what would keep you from doing that would be my question. He created you. He loves you most and he knows you best. Maybe today is the day that you surrender to the God who loves you so much that he would send his son. And Jesus, voluntarily, lo he loves you so much, he would voluntarily come and take upon himself the penalty for sin so we could, so we could live free and eternal with him. I'm going to ask you just to bow your heads in this moment. 
Father, I pray that your spirit in this moment would speak to hearts. And as we look your direction today, God, I pray for those who need to receive your grace and they need to know deep in their hearts and minds that you truly do forgive them as they surrender to you, as they ask your forgiveness, as they turn from their sin, as they repent of their sin and confess it to you, even in this moment. If you need, maybe you're a Christian, maybe you're not. That's not, the, that's not what I'm asking right now. But I want to ask this question as you just remain reverently with your heads bowed and your eyes closed between you and God right now. And I want to, I want to pray for those that just say, I, I have been living under the, 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 the crushing weight of shame. And I want to give that to God today by confessing and receiving His full forgiveness and begin to live under the awareness of His amazing grace. Anybody want, just by raising your hand, look in my direction, I want to pray for you as, as we close today. Yeah, God knows what it is. Yep. Thanks for your honesty. Yeah. God, I pray, and as a church family right now, we pray for these individuals who are just honest enough to say, I, I don't want to live under shame anymore. I, I want to honor God. I want to do what He wants me to do in life, decisions, help me to do that. Help us all to do that. Lord, I pray that as these individuals right now, in this moment, confess their sin to you and receive by a choice in their hearts and minds to receive your forgiveness, that they would be free, live free by your grace by your power. And if you have never accepted Christ, my friend, in this moment, you can do that by just saying, God, thank you for loving me so much. Thank you for sending Jesus. I commit my life to you, my future, my eternity. Forgive me of my sin and help me as I walk in this new relationship with you as the leader of my life and the forgiver of my sin. It's not about those words. It's about the posture of your heart. I encourage you to reach out to God in that way if you've, if you've never done that before. And you, in an instant, are brought into His eternal family, which is so cool. And then share that with somebody today. If you, if you prayed that prayer, if you expressed that desire to God. Let's stand together and Spend some time in, in uh, singing and worship to God as we, as we wind down. And thank you again, Trish and Darren, so very much. Thank you.